Welcome to Rasa Stand, hosted by Flo. I give you history, political views, and current affairs to deal with La Raza. When I speak about the Raza, I'm talking about the brown, Spanish-speaking community. We are not monolithic. Therefore, you're going to hear a variety of different people speaking about different subjects. It is important to share our story. I'm the combination of book smart and street smart. And when I speak on something, I give you critical sources. Tune in. Cross the stand. Take a stand to understand. Welcome, everybody, to another session of Sessions with Flo. I am your host, Flo. And today we're going to have a really, really good conversation uh, that surrounds financial literacy. All right. Uh, big reason why I wanted to talk about this is because our communities uh, really deal with this problem. It's been an issue with us forever, you know. Um, and I think it's important for us to really engage in this conversation because, um, like I said, a lot of the issues that we have deal with money, unfortunately, right? Um, and I know that, you know, there's conversations surrounding, well, you know, the system is not made for us, like I said in the, in the, in the um, promo uh, or whatever, whatever. I mean, whatever you, I'm not here to discuss uh, what economic system is the best. That's not what I'm gonna be talking about. What I'm going to be talking about is what we can do in the current system that we live under right now in this moment in 2021, right? So again, uh, this is very, very important to talk about because uh, finances, right, in this country equals power. Having wealth equals power. And if you don't have that in this country, then you are going to have a hard time uh, being successful, quote unquote, successful or being able to uh, navigate without struggling, without dealing with a lot of issues that we deal with. Um, so this is a reason why I'm, I'm diving into this topic. And, you know, I understand that most of us don't come from money. So um, I get it, right? Uh, give me a second. I, I'm not sure if you guys can hear me, but I'm gonna go and put my headphones on because I forgot to put them on. Uh, I was wondering why I was like, wait, it sounds a little bit weird. I can't hear myself, but uh if i was just talking to myself right now and nobody could hear me uh, i apologize but uh give me a second guys that should be working all right all right <clears throat> we got uh one of a what's up what's up all right so now you should be able to hear me if not if you were not in here for the first couple of minutes when i first started the live uh, I pretty much just said that, uh, you know, this is a conversation that is really important to have uh, in our communities, really anybody uh, who needs, um, who is interested in uh, economics or just, you know, uh, getting better with, with financing or um, learning how to control your finances, right? So, yeah. Uh, so, again, welcome everybody who's in here. And uh, as people trickle in, you know, uh, feel free to ask questions and, and talk about whatever you want to talk about in the comments. I uh, will be addressing them later on. All right. So the live isn't going to be too long. I know I keep saying that and they've gone over an hour or close to an hour, but this one really, I'm, I'm going to try to keep it at uh, 30 minutes, uh, you know, just because I know people have things to do. It's a Wednesday um, and I got things to do later on too. So um, 
I'm trying to, you know, do a lot at the same time, but I need to do this live for sure because I think it's something really, really important. What up, Lord Nemesis? What up, what up, what up? All right. So again, I'm going to just go and give you some basic, uh, you know, stats that are really important before we get into anything else. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to be sharing my screen. Uh, so if you can't see it, uh, let me know. Okay. All right. Should be good here. Okay. So as you can see right here, this is uh, the median household income in the United States uh, in 2020 by race or ethnic group. And as you can see, the uh, group that is on top uh, is actually uh, Asians. Asians make about ninety-four dollars or $95,000 a year. Uh, again, this is the median household income. So this could include two people. It could include one person. You know, uh, in some cases, it might even be three. You know, if you have a child working that's over 18. So again, this is average or medium, actually, medium household income. Okay, so this doesn't mean everybody makes that kind of money, but medium. Okay. And then secondly, it, a big, huge gap, about $20,000, you have uh, whites, right? And specifically not, not Hispanic whites. Uh, or not Hispanic, just whites. Okay. I don't know why they always put that, but that's that's the group at second. So, you know, the again, the argument that, you know, that uh, the system was only made for white folks is already, you know, disproven with this right here, because otherwise Asians would not be, you know, making $20,000 more than them here. Uh, so they, they've done something right to, to be able to do that, what they have done. Uh, you know, I would like to know because, I mean, a lot of them are immigrants. Most of them are immigrants uh, who come to this country. Uh, I know some of them come with, you know, some kind of money, you know, they're a little more well off than most immigrants uh, who come to the United States, but still, you know, that for them to be at the top just shows you the dedication to, uh, to whatever they're doing, right? And then uh, in third place, we have Hispanics or Latinos or Raza, whatever you want to call them at $55,000. So we're in the middle of the pack, right? And then lastly, you have uh, Blacks or African-Americans, a big margin too, about $10,000 uh, more in uh in, in um you know income a year and if you compare these stats with the uh you know two-parent household it almost mirrors it almost mirrors it it's almost the exact same thing right so at the very bottom of of uh you know that that um statistic asians who get married stay married they rarely divorce uh and they rarely have children out of wedlock so it's only logical that they're going to have more income because two parents, you know, usually in today's society, you have two parents working and that seems to be the case, you know? So the percentage for them, of, for them not to be um, married or be single parents is very, very low. Right. And then you have whites. I think they're at 25% or 20%. If I'm correct. Uh, then you had our Latinos who were at uh, 45% or 25% single motherhood. And then uh, blacks were at 50%. So as you can see, that that not having that extra income plays a huge role. And I've talked about this before, and I'm not really going to dwell into this too much because, I mean, this is not what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to give you some more information, and, and, and really what I want to talk about is going to be something else. But just to compare the different ethnicities and different groups of people uh, and how much money they make, right? Uh, so, you know, I mean, like I said, it depends on... Um, on your ethnicity, your career, a lot of roles, you know, uh, 
you know, your opportunities, your, uh, where you were born too. I mean, a lot of us, you know, who were born here have, have more of an opportunity than somebody who wasn't. So that also plays another role. Okay. So I wanted to share that. Okay. Just to, uh, just to let them know. Okay. All right. So the next thing I wanted to share that was really, really important uh, to me uh, and should be something we should also be talking about is debt. Right. Um, so I'm going to share that screen right now. Give you, give me a second. Debt is something that pretty much everyone probably is aware of. A lot of us are in debt to some extent. Uh, you know, debt is not always a bad thing, but debt and what, you, what you're in debt in is a bad thing, right? So according to this article uh, about, you know, when it comes to debt, pretty much it, there isn't really a difference between a whites, uh, Latinos, and, uh, and Blacks, right? About 77% of uh, whites are in debt, uh, about, uh, you know, um, 70, what is it, 72% of um, Latinos, Hispanics are, are, are in debt, and then about 74% of Blacks, African-Americans are in debt. So they all experience debt, we all experience debt, uh, that it really isn't uh, the, the problem. The problem is when you start to compare how they're in debt, right? So I'm going to zoom in a little bit more so you can see what I'm talking about, right? So debt measures by race and ethnicity, okay? So if you look at whites over here on the left side, okay, median debt to asset ratio. So basically uh, what this means is that they have more, they own more things uh, than they are in debt for. Okay, so yes, they're in debt, right? But they still own more than than uh, than they're, you know, like I said, what they're in debt for. Um, and when it comes to what they're in debt for, right? So you have credit card debts, which probably a lot of us have. You know, we uh, if you don't have a, a credit card debt, you know, then I don't know how you're doing it. You know, you must be really rich, right? But about forty-four percent of their debt comes from uh from credit cards. And then the second thing uh, they're in debt for is a uh, you know, uh, housing, right? Property, right? So it's actually higher than credit cards. So having uh, a debt in property is not necessarily a bad thing because eventually you're going to be able to, you know, own that and you can pass that on to your children, your, you know, children's children, et cetera, et cetera. Or you can even sell it off and, you know, that will continue to be in the family, right? So now we, we, when we compare that to Blacks, right? Uh, the debt to uh, asset ratio is, you know, way worse. As you can see, it's almost uh, doubled. Uh, it's 46.8%. Uh, so it pretty much means that they, you know, they own less things than uh, the whites. Uh, credit card debt, it's higher than that, right? So that also doesn't help. And when it comes to home ownership, it's way below over here, right? So Blacks, uh, as, a, as a group, as a collective, uh, are not doing very well when it comes to uh, owning property, right? And we can get into, uh, you know, why the history. I mean, we all know that, you know, obviously historically, you know, that it was really hard for people of color to, to own homes and whatnot. And now, you know, you have, um, you know, uh, inflation, you have all these other things that are happening, right? But uh, as you can see, uh, credit card debt is an issue for Blacks as well. Uh, and then we look at Latinos, uh, same thing. We don't really own things. Uh, we have a higher uh, debt when it comes to credit cards in any other group here. Uh, and that's not good, right? And then when it comes to home ownership, 
a little higher than blacks, but still uh, lower than whites, okay? And other, just includes other races, right? Uh, a big reason why I wanted to include this again is because again, um, this here is really alarming, the credit card debts, right? Because that means that you're buying things or you're purchasing things that, you know, you don't have the money for. And I get it, sometimes, you know, you have to buy things and, excuse me, and because, you know, you there's an emergency. And we're gonna get into that in a second. But if that's the majority of your debt, then you're never going to get out of debt because you're going to continue to buy new things and eventually you'll stay in debt forever, right? And that's gonna be your life. Um, it sucks, right? It's like sharecroppers back in the South, you know, or, or haciendas, you know, back in, in Latin America where people were pretty much, you know, not able to leave these places because they were in debt to their masters or to their patrones or to their, you know, landlords or whatever. Uh, it's another form of that. You know, we're in debt to these credit card companies, right? And we're gonna get into how we can avoid some of these debts because having a credit card and just using it stupidly uh, for things that you like, and don't necessarily want can get you in a situation too. And I've seen a lot of people do that. Um, I'm not gonna call them out by name, but as you can tell here, it's a big problem. But even, you know, even for whites too, I mean, it's not even an issue just for, for us, right? Even they themselves, but again, they're able to make it up with home ownership, right? And of course, obviously, if you have higher income, you know, you probably have a higher chance of owning a home. So that contributes to us not having, uh, you know, homes collectively. But again, uh, we'll get into more more reasons as to why, um, you know, we don't have uh, homes in a second. Okay, so I'm gonna stop the share. I'm gonna look at these comments for a second to see if there's any questions in here. Uh, what up? What up? What up, everybody? What's up, Mega Man? One of them says, "What up? What up?" We got to catch up to them Asians. Yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah, Asians usually only have one or two kids. Then that, that there you go. We're gonna we're gonna be talking about children in a second, All right? Where's everybody? Make sure to share on YouTube, Twitter. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Right? I never thought about it like that. Good stuff to know. Yeah, you know, children, you know, uh, we'll talk about that in a second. All right, so now the thing that I really wanted to look at, right, uh, and I wanted y'all to look at, and see this right here. It's a very long article. I'm not going to show everything, right? But this is this is a, the disparities uh, in wealth by race and ethnicity, uh, 2019. Okay, so when we're talking about wealth, we're talking about, you know, usually when we talk about wealth, we're talking about um, things that you own, right? So not cars, not luxuries, you know, usually land, right? Things that you can pass on to your children. And obviously there's a huge wealth gap between, you know, whites and, and, and blacks and Latinos. And historically, obviously, because, you know, for the most part, we were not allowed to partake in, 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 in the society because, you know, we didn't have the same opportunities. So uh, wealth is passed down from family to family. So a lot of whites here in this country uh, who've been here for generations, for centuries, you know, have had land for a very long time. So, you know, obviously they're gonna have more uh, collectively than, a, than somebody who's only been here for one generation or, you know, who has been kept down for so many generations. So that's, that's understandable. But, you know, uh, what this article actually talks about is that, uh, during the, um, the recession of 2007, um, Latinos and Blacks actually increased their wealth, right? So there's been, there's been an increase in wealth. Obviously, we're really never, never going to be able to catch up to whites because, you know, they have, you know, all of these advantages 
uh, ahead of us historically, but it's good to see that we're actually increasing our wealth, you know, ever since, you know, the sixties, right. If you want to take it that, 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 that far. Um, but that's something to consider that there is opportunities for us to do that collectively. We're still not doing it, but to notice that we are moving on up is good to know. Okay. So again, just a couple of, uh, I'm not going to go over this whole thing. If you guys want to see it, you guys can read it for yourselves. I'm going to include the links in the description later on. Okay. Um, give me a second to look more stuff right here. Wealth over life cycle. Okay. So again, this is huge, right? So uh, under 35, a lot of us probably under that category or close to that category. Uh, as you can see, uh, Latinos or Hispanics uh, who are wealthy, right? Under 35, only 11% uh, of those people are included in that. Blacks are really, you know, bad when it comes to that. You know, they don't really have wealth. Uh, you know, 0.6%. That's pretty bad. Uh, and then um, whites are at 25%. Right. So again, if you're under 35, if you have wealth, more than likely you had probably a rich mom or dad or somebody gave you some kind of money. Not always, but you know that that's, that tends to be the case. And again, for blacks and Latinos, we don't have that stepping stone. We don't have that foundation of people who gave us wealth. Uh, a lot of us have to do it ourselves and be the, be the foundation for our children, right? So um, that's understandable. That's why a lot of people under 35 are not wealthy. Uh, but when you look at 35 to 54, uh, it's a huge jump, right? 185. And then you have uh, 40 and then you have 46. So it's a little, a little closer now uh, between uh, Blacks and Latinos, right? And then once you get to over 55, which, which is probably the most important age, because at that point, you're getting close to retirement. And if you don't have any money or any wealth and good luck to you, because the government is not going to take care of you, you know, social security, uh, it's going to be a thing of the past by the time we're in our fifties or sixties. So just be, be prepared to not have any money, uh, you know, from the government because of the way things are going, it ain't going to look good. All right. So again, uh, obviously there's a huge gap between whites, blacks, and Latinos as well. All right. And again, it doubles for uh, Latinos over uh, over blacks over here. Okay. Um, again, they talk about inheritances, right? And family support that plays a huge role. Okay. Um, this is the same thing too here. Again, received inheritance. So whites received about twenty nine percent received inheritance. Uh, blacks about ten percent, and Latinos, Hispanic about seven seven point two percent. You know, so again, that is something to consider. Home ownership. Again, home ownership. Okay. We talked about that earlier, right? So if you if you look at uh, you know, um whites home ownership, about 50% of whites who are, you know, uh trying to get home, uh, about 50% of them own their home, right? Uh blacks is it's close to looks like it's uh not even 20%. And Latinos is almost at 30%. It's just under 35 again. So a lot of us fall under this category or are close to it. 35 to 54, uh, as you can see, for whites, it increases up to 80%. And then uh, Blacks and Latinos are pretty close. And by the time you're 55, hopefully you own your home. Uh, you know, But still, not everybody owns it because people refinance and stuff like that. So it happens, right? Retirement plants, accounts and plan participation, right? So this is huge too, right? 
as you can see, whites have a retirement plan, again, over Latinos and Blacks. And this is a choice for a lot of people, right? Most people probably don't want to do that. They don't think about the future. You know, they, they're like, you know what? I, whatever happens when I'm 50, 60 years old, I don't care as long as I'm, as long as I'm living my life. Uh, we're not thinking about the future, so we don't really think about retirement uh, to that extent, right? Uh, but as you can see, uh, you know, there's a big, big gap again between whites and other groups. And in this case, Blacks actually have a higher retirement um, percentage than the Latinos. And I would say that because Blacks are typically American. So, um, you know, Latinos, a lot of them are, are either firstborn or, you know, they come from immigrant parents. So uh, we don't really invest into retirement plans, right? So again, it's something to consider, okay? Could be a bunch of theories as to why, but that's the case, okay? <clears throat> All right, we keep going. Emergency savings is what I want, really wanted to get into, right? Emergencies, emergencies happen all the time, you know, and we don't know, we can't plan them, right? Uh, so when it comes to having actual physical money, like paper money, you know, we're pretty much all the same, right? Whites have 98%, Blacks are 96%, uh, Latinos 95%, and others 98%. So, you know, all of us have, you know, some type of money, uh, you know, in the bank, right? Uh, but what was pretty disturbing was, was uh, when I saw this right here, uh, the amount, right? Uh, Blacks and Latinos have about $2,000 or less, you know, saved up in the bank or somewhere. Uh, and that is, that's a little bit of money. If you think about it, if something really happens to your family where you, you lose your job, or, you know, a lot of us are on paycheck to paycheck, that's not going to cover a lot of expenses, right? So if you're not putting any, any uh, savings into your account or in, into something, right, to a credit union, whatever, uh, then you're screwed, right? Uh, so again, that's, that's something to consider, okay? Liquid assets, huge difference, right? So something that, that you can, again, usually this has to do with, uh, with homes. We talked about that earlier, right? We don't, we're not, we're not there. We're not there when uh, when it comes to that. So it, it's it, it's a problem. We we can't really pull that out, right? We 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 don't really own things. So uh, it's only the the physical money that we have that doesn't allow us to um, you know um, if we have an emergency. Then you know we got to pull that money out. If we don't have that money, then good luck, right? Okay. So uh, and that was that was pretty much it on on this article that I wanted to share, right? But really overall, what I wanted to say in this conversation, you know, uh, specifically to Raza and Latinos, you know, uh, when it comes to uh, the way we conduct ourselves when it comes to finances, right? So I myself, as, a, as a, I'm going to be 35 next month. So um, I'm right around there in that, in that area. And, and I wish that, that um, when I was younger, I made better better choices with money uh, to be able to be better set for the future. I'm not I'm not terrible. I'm not, I'm not in a terrible situation. Luckily, you know, uh, my wife and I are in a good situation where we live. We live in a good neighborhood. Uh, you know, we're saving for our daughter. You know, if she wants to go to college and cool, if she doesn't want to go, then that's cool too. But there's going to be money. That's the goal, right? To have something. Um, but what I wanted to say though was, 
the choices that we make and somebody mentioned kids, somebody mentioned, uh, you know, something else, but one of the, one of the things is kids, right? And as much as I love kids and, you know, having a daughter myself, uh, it's not so much that having kids is a problem, but it's when you have them that, you know, can determine your, your future, right? If you have them at a younger age, uh, then it does contribute to uh, you having less opportunities to, to quote unquote, move up in the economic ladder, right? And for Latinos, a lot of us have kids at a very young age, you know, in our early 20s. Uh, and that's something that I never really plan on doing. I had my daughter at 30. So I was able to really focus on, you know, myself. And eventually, even when I, when I got, you know, with my, with my wife, I was 27. So, you know, I was able to really focus on myself and, 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 uh, in my future, you know, got my education, as you can see in the back, but, um, more importantly, even before that, because it doesn't really matter how much money you make. What really matters is how you, um, how you budget your money. So you can make a hundred thousand dollars a year, but if you're spending, you know, stupidly, if you're spending it on things that you don't need, then it doesn't matter. Right. So budgeting skills are really what's more important than anything, because even if you're making 30K, you know, because again, most of us are not making that kind of money, then we're not making 100K. So we have to be able to budget, you know, efficiently to be able to, uh, you know, move up or to at least survive, right? To not be on welfare or to not be on, you know, depend on the government or to be in a situation where we, you know, we, we don't have a home to go to, right? So, um, I myself, when I was really young, my dad uh, was the single breadwinner in home and my mom stayed at home and, you know, he busted himself, you know, still working to this day. He's close to retiring, but he would work pretty much, you know, two salaries, I guess, if you want to call it that, with all the hours that he worked. But my dad always taught us how to save money and how to budget your money. And even in the way he gave us allowances, right? So my dad was really good with that. He would give us whatever he would give us for, for every two weeks. He would tell us, Hey, you know, this is the money you're going to get for these two weeks. And for the next two weeks, I'm not giving you anything more. So as a young kid, if I was given $20, right, this is back in the nineties and early two thousands, I knew that I had to stretch that 20 bucks. Right. So if I wanted to go to the store and give me, you know, some chips or whatever, I wanted to go and buy a video game, even that, you know, even when I wanted to buy something I really liked, uh, I was obviously did not have a credit card, so I couldn't just go say, you know what, I'm gonna go and and uh, use my credit card to buy this game. I would actually, you know, work with my brother and say, hey, you know, let's get this game together, let's save our money, uh, and for the next three, three to four, you know, allowances, let's not spend any money, and let's go get this game, right? So we would do that even as a nine, ten year old. And that's because my father instilled that in us. You know, he said, hey, like, you know, again, don't ask me for money after after uh, after I give you the allowance. I'm not going to, don't ask you for more money until the next, you know, he would call it check day, right? Every two weeks we were getting our checks, right? And our job was to go to school and to get good grades. And that was how we would get paid, uh, you know, as uh, young kids. So having my father do that to us at a young age was a huge advantage for me. Um, because it allowed me to really understand how money works and, and the value of money, 
and how to budget money at a, you know, as a little kid, I mean, and to me, this really, you know, hit home when I began to work with children in schools and saw how a lot of kids had, you know, the latest iPod or the latest, uh, you know, iPhone or the, next, the latest Jordans, right? And these kids are doing terrible in school. And, and in my head, I was like, but, you know, I understand that you as a parent want to, you know, give your child the best and give them all the, all that you can. But when you give kids everything, just for the sake of giving them everything, they're not going to appreciate that. Therefore, when they become older and, you know, start to mess with money themselves, they're not going to know how to budget that money and they're going to make the same errors. And, you know, so it's going to be harder for them to get out of poverty. Right. So I, I noticed that and, and they were not motivated by, by material, material objects at the same time because they understood that they can get whatever they wanted, you know, uh, whenever they wanted to. So that's one thing to consider too. If you have children or if you want to have kids in the future, uh, if you're going to give them money, you know, or any, any kind of materialistic thing, make sure that they understand why they're getting it. Don't just give it to them because, you know, oh, I want to give them to them because I didn't have this. And I get that, you know, I understand that you want to give them what you didn't have. We all want to do that as parents. But again, even, even, even with that said, I was reading uh, this article today about Shaq and how, you know, he told his kids, you know, we are not rich. I'm rich. If you want to get my money, you need to work for this, right? So he said, you guys got to get, at least get your BAs, get a master's, you know, so he's motivating them to, to, you know, do something with themselves. And that's, uh, to me, that's really good because they're going to understand what it took Shaq, you know, to get what he has, right? Uh, even if they don't reach the same amount of success that he, as, as he did, uh, just having that as a, as a mindset is going to allow you to appreciate the value of the dollar, right? So that's one thing I want to mention. If you do have kids or if you want to have kids, uh, you know, and like I said, unfortunately, a lot of Rasa doesn't do that. And I've seen it with my own eyes. I've seen it in the schools that I've worked. I've seen it with individuals that I know, uh, you know, um, even when people move out of their, out of their parents' homes and how they budget their money, I would always see people say, I don't have any more money for, for the rest of the week. And to me, I was always like, well, how, how did, how did you do that? How did you blow all your money? You know, when you have to pay your rent or when you have to, uh, you know, pay your bills and stuff. And I remember there were some people who would, you know, say, well, the first check is for all, you know, me having fun. And the second, is, second check is for all the bills. Cool, whatever, right? At least you had some kind of system. The problem was that even with that system, uh, you weren't budgeting, you know, the amount you were going to spend or you weren't even tracking what you were spending it on, right? So in 2021, there's so many apps you can use on your phone. Matter of fact, I have one, it's called a good budget. Uh, you can probably get it for, if you have an iPhone or even a Android, put it to your phone. It gives you different envelopes, right? So it depends on how much money you make. You put, you add the money you make and then you put, okay, well, I'm going to spend, you know, this much on gas, this much on, uh, you know, um, what do you call it? Um, bills, this much on, or even be more specific with bills. Be like, you know what, on the, uh, the light bill or, or the gas bill or a water bill or, the rent, um, you know, 
and use priorities, right? So what's the first thing you're going to put up there? Probably is going to be, you know, a mortgage if you're buying a home or, you know, a condo or whatever, or if you're renting your rent, that should be number one. So most of your money should go there first. And then, you know, the rest towards the, towards the bottom, right? I usually have spending and, uh, and savings at the very bottom because obviously depending on my bills, you know, the things that I need to, uh, to pay, that's going to go first. And every two weeks I will split that money, right? Whatever I get for that, for those two weeks. And it all goes to these envelopes, right? And then my spending, my spending envelope is there, right? So whatever I spend, every time I spend something, I go and subtract from that envelope. So if that envelope ever reaches zero, then I'm not going to go and spend, you know, on whatever I need to spend on. If I, if I want to spend on, you know, I'm going to go to a movies or I want to take my girl out to dinner or whatever. If I ever reach a zero, it's like, well, that's it, right? So it keeps me in check. I'm not gonna use. I'm not gonna use my credit card, you know, to to uh, go and, you know what? Let's go in and buy this uh, new, uh, you know, I don't know, Jordans or whatever. You know, what I mean, like whatever is out there. I don't, I don't even do that myself. So if if I cannot afford it for that, for those two weeks, I'm gonna save up until the next one, right? And then I'll, I'll make the choice because sometimes if you buy stuff on impulse, then you're like, damn, I don't even want this anymore. You know, you bought it. It's a luxury. A lot of things that we buy are luxuries. They're not even things that are worth anything. Once you buy them, even a car. All right. For example, uh, excuse me, let me drink some water. So uh, when I was, this is one of the mistakes I made when I was younger, right? So I made a lot of mistakes, but this is one of the big mistakes that I made when it came to money. So I bought a Mitsubishi Lancer. It was brand new, zero miles on it. You know, I was in my mid twenties. I wanted to, you know, to be the guy with the badass car or whatever, you know, that, that was my thing. I didn't really have anything. So I wanted, I wanted to have a car. And I took care of this car. I did what I did, what I needed to do with the car. You know, I did the old changes, you know, I did all the extra stuff. The car was pretty much well kept. Right. I had the car for a good six years, paid it off. It was mine. Right. The year after I paid it off, I got into a terrible accident. So my car got totaled. Right. And at this point, I already had my daughter. And when he told me the car was totaled, I was like, wow, I just paid this car. I paid off $25,000 for this car. And I don't have shit for it. It's gone. It got totaled. So now I, you know, I don't have anything, anything to show for it. It's gone. Right. So it made me realize, you know, when it comes to cars, even something like cars that we all probably like, you know, uh, if you're going to, if you're going to, you know, invest into a car or spend money on a car at the end of the day, get something that runs, that's, you know, uh, fuel efficient, it's economic because it doesn't matter what you're driving at the end of the day, it's going to get you to where you want to get. If you're going to get a car for luxury or to impress somebody, at the end of the day, it's going to be a car and, you know, all your money is going to go to that, to your insurance and to the, to the car note, right? So I ended up getting myself a, a Nissan Versa right after that. And, you know, it's probably not the best looking car in the world. Even this car has gotten so many accidents, you know, not my fault. That's a whole different story. But the whole point is that even something like cars, you know, that we all need, obviously we all need to drive. Uh, 
a lot of us, a lot of rasa, you know, especially I would say even more specifically, men, young men are so concerned with getting the best car, you know, because that's all you have, right? When you're young, you don't have any money. And when you're young, you know, you're trying to impress the girls or whatever. So what do you do? You go get the nicest car ever, right? But if you were to actually invest into something else, you know, uh, instead of buying that car, that's going to put you into debt, you know, and set you back for a couple of years. You know, you could be doing something else with that money. So again, that's another choice that sets you back, right? And then again, uh, even, even as a culture, right? When I, when I see people, um, when it comes to leisure time, right? Again, everyone should have, you know, leisure time. I think it's important. You know, you, you can't just be working all the time and not have fun, right? But I also see how people, uh, we have money, you know, even though we don't have, you know, $94,000 a year, there's still, we still have enough money, right? And again, if you budget your money correctly, uh, there's no reason for you to be in any kind of debt that's serious or, um, you know, uh, that's critical or, or, or crucial, right? Um, but I see a lot of people who, you know, will go into debt over, over you know, luxuries and cannot afford to pay their bills. And these are adults, you know, and it's like, well, I mean, that's a choice you made, right? They throw parties, they throw huge parties, uh, you know, they spend money they don't even have. Uh, they put on Instagram, you know, hey, look at me, I'm over here, you know, on this vacation or whatever, and cool, you know, kudos for you and shit. But if you don't have, if you don't have money to be doing that kind of stuff, then you're setting yourself up for failure. And again, at the end of the day, you're going to lose. And I'm not here to tell you what to do with your life. At the end of the day, it's going to be up to you. But again, if you're one of those people who complains about, hey, you know, why don't we have money, you know, as a collective? Why, why do whites make more than us? That's one of the reasons why. You know, like I said, I've seen a lot of us loves, loves to party. You know, we like to, we like to get the, the, the latest shoes. We like to get the, the freshest clothes, right? That plays a role especially when we're younger, you know? So budgeting and knowing how this system works too, right? I think the most important thing uh, that we can do as a collective, or even if you want just as individuals, again, is, is to try to own some kind of land. And I know it's getting harder and harder you know, with things increasing, with things, uh, you know, just um, with inflation and whatnot. But if we can, if we can do that, you know, we can do that as individuals, and you know, we can have something we can give to our kids, right? Uh, so that 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 is something that I also that I also uh, you know will tell people to do. Excuse me. To try to do that, right? And every every time you get a check, every time you get paid try to save at least, you know, 10% of, of your income, 20%. And if you actually track it, I'm telling you, if you actually track that income and you start to see what you're spending it on, you'll realize you're wasting a bunch of money on a bunch of stupid things. And that's when you'll know, damn, like, you know, I can actually, you know, get this. I can actually go and get that house or I can actually get a new, you know, a new condo. A new, even, a new, even if you want to move out of your neighborhood, get another apartment, you know, where it's a little safer where I, where I want to live. 
because a lot of these folks who complain about the system being rigged are participating in these kind of activities or they don't know how to budget their money. They don't have, you know, uh, they're not financially literate. They don't understand how the system works. So they blame it on the system. You know, they think it's rigged. It might be rigged. It might not be rigged, but truth is they don't understand how it works. And if you don't know how something works then you're going to lose 100% of the time. So again, that is something that, that I also consider for you to do is to, to look into uh, how you, where your money is going, track it. Even if it's for, for one check, get your check and say, okay, you know, where's, where's this going to go, right? Where, what's, what needs to be paid first, my bills. And find out how much money you have for spending. And then when you start spending money just for yourself, you know, uh, see what you're spending it on. Is it something that's beneficial to you? Is it something that you need? Or is it something that you're just, you know, doing it because it makes you feel good? Again, it's up to you. I'm not going to tell you what to do with your life. You know, you can decide what you're going to spend your money on. But again, if you find yourself in a situation where you're like, damn, you know, I don't have any money. What the fuck? You know, why can't I get out of this rut? Look at your budgeting skills. Look at, reflect on how you budget your money and you'll find out that a lot of the times the problem is you, you know? Uh, and that's, that's not to diss anybody. It's to make you reflect again. It's to give you power because if you blame it on somebody else and you're helpless, who's going to help you. But if you take responsibility and take accountability, then you realize, Hey, I, I can actually solve this and I can actually get myself out of this rut. You know, um, the last thing that I was going to say is investing. Right. Um, and I know that's where I think a lot of us have a hard time uh, succeeding in because we don't know what to invest in, right? We don't, we don't really know how these investments work. Um, and we have to be able to uh, educate ourselves on things that uh, we don't know if you want to make our money grow, right? Even if you have money in the bank, a lot of the times that money doesn't grow. So uh, it's just going to sit there. Uh, some of the things that I've done when it comes to investing, I bought silver, uh, during the, uh, the pandemic. Uh, but obviously it, it started to go up and it got, it got too high to the point where I was like, you know what? I, I can't keep buying silver because I mean, it's, it's not going to be worth it. I mean, it's going to be worth it, but it got too expensive, you know? So I said, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to take a step back, but you know, we took a risk on that and, and it was going up. And obviously with, uh, you know, with sports, uh, you know, wagering, it's something I've been doing for the last, uh, what is it, five years. Uh, and I've been, you know, okay with it. You know, I had some good success with it this year. Uh, hopefully continue to have that success. But that's been, that's been my calling when it comes to uh, investing. Uh, I know how it works. I know what to do with it. Uh, therefore, I, you know, I, I think that I can make money off of it. And I have, like I said, just this past year, I mean, you know, a couple of months ago. So, you know, we have to, we have to know, uh, uh, you know, what, what we can do and also our talents. What are we good at? What, what, are, what, what do we do well that can be profitable? Because sometimes we can also be too humble and, you know, give people favors and that's cool. You know, your homies, whatever your family and stuff like that. But sometimes the rest I don't want to pay. 
or, you know, they say, oh, you know, do it for the homie, you know, do it for, for, for the family or whatever. But if you have talents that you can utilize and make money off, do that too, you know, start your business, you know? So, um, yeah, go ahead and do stuff like that. Make sure that you, uh, you, uh, look at your budget and see what you're spending your money on. And you'll realize, okay, like, okay, I can, I can do better than this. I can stop doing that. You know, so that's all I wanted to say today. Like I said, a pretty short live today, not as long. It still went up to 40 minutes, but um, I wanted to share that with you guys. So I'm gonna look. At, I'm gonna look at some of these comments. Thank you, all of you who who uh, who came in. All right. Uh, let me see what I've not read. Uh, I'm surprised they didn't teach us this in school. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You know, they don't want to teach you this because. They want to make sure that you are a worker, that you are not going to, uh, people who are wealthy want to keep all that wealth. You don't want to share it, you know? So uh, this is stuff that we have to find out, find out by ourselves, unfortunately. Uh, if we don't go looking for it, we're not going to find it. So, yep, you know, I'm trying to position myself for future stability. Of course, always, 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 yep. I have 30 envelopes, backup savings, an account in Swiss Bank. Hey, that's what's up, man. That's what you got to keep doing. Yep. Stack them chips. That's right. I was given everything as a child and I didn't understand no or how to budget. That's what I'm saying, right? When you're a kid and they give you everything, it's very, really, really hard sometimes to understand that, right? Um, yeah. Never buy, never buy a car off dealership. You can't afford to buy a car Crash, you can't afford it. That's a great point. Thank you for sharing that. See, I wish I would have known that. I didn't know that back then, you know, so. I have to get this stuff right. I'm doing pretty good, but I know I could do better. This is eye-opening confirmation for me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. That's a stand podcast. Drank that water. <laughs> like, All right. I stopped smoking weed. My money goes a lot. For hey, see, that's something I forgot, I forgot to mention too. Vices. When you have vices, you know, uh, that, that will, you, you'll see how, you know, it takes a huge toll on your, on your finances, right? Because vices, you know, if you can't control them, then it, it could be a lot worse, you know? So I'm glad, uh, that you're doing that, you stopped, you know, and, and, uh, you're not wasting your money on that. Cause a lot of rasa too, they, they do smoke a lot, of, a lot of grass and drink a lot of beer and that money goes to that. You know, I, I see, I see people doing that all the time. I see people who drink, you know, religiously and it, it sucks because, you know, yeah, I get it. They want to have fun, but then they can't, they can't pay the bills, you know? Um, oh, what's up, Elizabeth? You're here. Cool, cool, cool. Nice. All right. Congratulations, man. Smart move. Yep, yep, yep. We are the workforce cheap, easily manual. Yes, exactly right. So yeah, like I said, uh, if there's no questions, uh, I'm going to end this live at, uh, you know, right almost at 50 minutes again. I keep saying it's going to go short, but I guess it doesn't, you know, when you're talking about this stuff. But if there's no questions, uh, I'm going to end it. Vice is eating out. That is a vice too, you know? Great point, Elizabeth. If, if you can eat at home, if you can cook at home, it's a lot cheaper. That's still something that I'm trying to do, but get better at because I like to eat out a lot. That's where most of my spending money actually goes out. It's to eating out. I don't really buy stuff for myself. I don't go out and buy, you know, 
a bunch of clothes or, you know, a bunch of things for myself. It's usually just food, you know? Uh, so I justify what, you know, I need to survive, but if I can, if I can eat, if I can eat, uh, at home and cook, you know, at home and especially now with the pandemic that where I'm at, I'm at home pretty much all day. Uh, there's no excuse not to do that, you know? So, uh, great, great point, Elizabeth. Great, great point. Elizabeth is a great cook, by the way. Elizabeth, um, she loves to cook. She loves to uh, bake and stuff like that. So uh, if you guys want to hit up Elizabeth Aveja, hit her up, get her contact info. She is a great cook. She'll, you know, last year, I think last Thanksgiving, she came to a, to our place because we were out actually at a, my wife and I went to Vegas to visit my brother. And then she, you know, came to our place and she cooked us a really good meal. So yes, home cooking is best if you can cook, of course. You know, I am not a good cook. I am a terrible cook. I can do basic basic meals. My wife is the cook in, in, the, uh, in the family. And I always let her know, hey, uh, I don't cook because you're the best cook. And she's like, oh, that's just an excuse for you not to cook. But uh, you know, that's, 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 uh, it's a truth though. You know, she's just a better cook than I am. I do other stuff, you know? All right. So on that note, like I said, I'm going to be heading out. I got things to do later on. Uh, so uh, if there's no more questions, this is flow sessions with flow. Number three, cross the stand, take a stand to understand. I don't want to die. Oh, no. Let my soul go. After I have passed, I will forever live through my passion, commitment, and love.